Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello, fellow listeners. It's Mary Stone on the screen porch on this drizzly Saturday before Memorial Day. Ellie is preferring... Oh, wait a minute. She's at the door. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me let her in. I'm going to let her in. Hello, Miss Ellie. Hello, Miss Ellie. Here she comes. Hello, Miss Ellie. This is good to see. She's been doing a little bit better than when we last spoke in the sense that she's on steroids, which has helped the inflammation of her larynx. So that part of her changes is a little better managed, although now today she's struggling with going down steps. So thank goodness Kurt can lift her down. So we're taking one day at a time, aren't we, Miss Ellie? Petting her. So as I mentioned, it's the Saturday before Memorial Day, although by the time you're listening to this, it will be a bit after. It is a significant holiday to me for many reasons, I think for many of us as well, having family members that have served our country, something that I don't take for granted. None of us should take our freedoms for granted, certainly in these times of the uh, pandemic, which is wearing on all of us. Maybe some of us now cherish that freedom even more. Anyway, the fact that it is this time of year, which is kind of the unofficial kickoff of summer, because summer is not yet upon us officially, but uh, Memorial Day weekend does bring on that tradition, which is also different this year, isn't it? Not having picnics and family gatherings as we normally do. But it brings to mind a column I wrote four years ago, and it starts like this. Hello, fellow readers. I can't help but reflect on the significance of Memorial Day, a holiday set aside in the memory of those that served. It's heartwarming to see folks setting up the American flag in their front lawns, our symbol for the United States of America, especially given the divided state our country seems to have become. Which brings me to an observation of two species of birds, the all-American robin and a little brown bird, maybe a song sparrow. I looked it up in mom's bird book. She always had one at hand to identify her feathered friends. Mr. and Mrs. Robin were setting up residence for nesting in the viburnum right outside of the kitchen window. They were fun to watch, each bringing their collection of yard debris to build the nest. During the rainy spell, I saw Mrs. Robin sitting in the nest. In the smoke bush next door, there was a cute little brown bird, maybe two, coming and going. Then, in the next day or so, Mrs. Robin was nowhere to be found. I noticed two feet from the robin's nest a smaller, tidier abode that was new to the scene. The tightly organized nest mirrored the compact body of the small bird, which turns out to be the visiting brown bird from the smoke bush. It seems they may have bullied their way into the viburnum, kicking Mr. and Mrs. Robin out. I didn't witness the invasion, though. Maybe they didn't have an argument. Maybe the robins just moved on. But it seems to me there's plenty of room in the viburnum to share. Though the birds look different, 
they are very much the same, needing the same nourishment and water, having the same instincts to build a nest to raise their families. They have the same challenges of Mother Nature, weather and invaders that may steal their eggs or their young. I reached out to my birder buddy, Dennis of Blairstown. He shared that he's not sure if a song sparrow would have driven the robin away, as they are a lot smaller. But if it did, the robins will find another spot. Comforting to know, but how joyful it would have been to see them living in harmony in the same viburnum, united in one neighborhood, one country, one world. I always end with Garden Dilemmas, askmarystone.com. Yes, indeed, this viburnum has become a home to many nestings. It's fun to reflect back on this one, although it's a little sad to me to imagine four years ago we were in the same divided states of America, and I do pray and hope that this pandemic brings us all together somehow in a united way. Speaking more about robins, I couldn't help myself. I ended up writing a recent column about robins and so forth, so I want to share that next, so please stand by. I um, wrote this column after waking up Sunday to an empty nest, which brought heaviness to my heart. But I'm jumping ahead of myself here. I don't want to spill the beans, so I'm going to see if Ellie will walk a little bit maybe at least to the mailbox, which is down the road a piece for me, actually. We'll get a little bit of an outing and I'll come back and join you in a little bit. Stay tuned for part two. So I thought I'd share a recent column that tells more about robins. I was fascinated to do the research for this column because of course I've admired robins for a long time but um, hadn't known that much about their behavior other than my observation of them. So the column starts out like this. On Sunday after first call with Miss Ellie, I looked upon the robin's nest in the double file by Burnham near the kitchen window. The favored white flowering shrub has been home for other robin families the last few years, maybe even this family, as they'll return if it was a successful nesting spot the year before. I grew attached watching the mama and papa working as a team. It's the females that make the nest, largely. The male helps by finding materials. She'll wiggle her body to form a bowl in the woven nest of sticks and grass. By the way, when the female robin was doing that, I thought she was actually laying her eggs. It was the cutest little thing, like she just shook around and like she was doing a dance and made that little nesting spot, that little cup for her eggs to be laid. Then she'll lay three to five eggs that'll hatch in about two weeks. Each parent shares the role of sitting on the eggs. Like a tag team, I watch them passing the baton as one glides in, the next flies off. They mustered through two below-freezing nights and snow flurries on Mother's Day. They sat firm, waiting for their babies to be born. The color of their eggs inspired the robin's egg blue, you know, the Crayola crayon color, and the color of the Tiffany's iconic blue box. A happy color, but a sad Sunday it came to be. The robins were gone. Half a blue shell was on the ground. Below it, the embryo of what was a new life. It really made me so sad, you have no idea. I had a very, very low, heavy feeling when I came upon that beautiful blue shell. Blue jays and crows often snag robin eggs and babies. 
They stalk the nest, then raid it when the parents are on the ground gathering food. There was a flock of crows the eve before, squawking that eerie sound. Leave the robins alone, I said out loud, though they weren't near the nest then. I hoped my warning would keep them that way. Many admire robins found throughout North America, often considered a symbol of good fortune and renewal and new beginnings. They're amongst the first birds to lay eggs in the spring. The American robin is the state bird of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Connecticut as well. The female tail feathers and head are gray, and their orange bellies are more muted than the male, whose feathers are black. Young robins, called juveniles, have spots on their chests and shorter tails. Their perfect habitat is a large lawn, allowing easy access to worms. By the way, a lawn without herbicides or pesticides, because that would kill their food, which is so important for their survival. So watch your manners on using chemicals. Thank you very much. Plus, robins need a surrounding area of shrubs and trees for nesting and protection, as well as water nearby. Known as worm eaters, they also eat spiders, caterpillars, flies, moths, mosquitoes, and beetles. In winter, fruits from shrubs become their mainstay, especially if they stay put rather than migrate which, by the way, brings me to a side note of a time not long ago when I was doing my weekly volunteer sing at the Home for Hospice, the Karen Ann Quillen Home for Hospice. A lovely patient there was admiring the, gosh, it must have been like eight or nine or maybe even more, robins bopping around the lawn. It was winter time, and she commented on how they hadn't migrated, which is true. They seem to be less migratory as of late, maybe because they're finding good food in our gardens. Each baby bird can eat 14 worms a day before they fledge the nest. That's almost 60 worms for a nest of five that mostly the male provides as the female is off preparing a nest for the next clutch. To keep robins in your yard year-round, plant native species such as serviceberry, chokeberry, raspberry, blackberry, and elderberry. That'll give them summer food. Dogwood and winterberry for fall food plus crabapple, highbush cranberry, red cedar, hawthorn, bittersweet, and hackberry for winter forage. The next morning after the sad Sunday, we saw a female robin land in the double file of viburnum. I thought perhaps it was the mama looking for her eggs. She sang a song, but didn't linger. Maybe she's pregnant again and going to have more eggs, Kurt said, trying to cheer me up. Robin's early dawn and dusk call sounds like, cheer up, cheer up. Cheer up, cheer up. Hearing the visiting robin's song helped me do just that. Yes, so since I wrote the column, I have to say those robins have been visiting the viburnum. I don't see any nesting going on, so maybe they're scouting it out to lay some more eggs. And I did cheer up thanks to the call of the robin. And I also realize it's the cycle of life. It's the circle of time that we all live through in this garden of life. And there's sad times, you know, there's sad times and sometimes nature can be so cruel. And I have to admit those crows, you know, they have to eat, I suppose. They are not my favorite birds just because of the way they attack and feed on such things. But anyway, I just thought uh, I would share the happy ending of a cheer up, cheer up, cheer up Robin's story and how much they do represent renewal in this garden of life. 
Thanks so much. And please come again. And if you wouldn't mind, I would appreciate if you haven't done so already to subscribe to the podcast so it magically appears in your feed and share with others so that more can become part of our community. Speaking of community, do you hear the peepers? (laughs) I so enjoy them. I hope you do too. Thanks so much. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.